0: Previously on the Carl Dark Cruiser Saga Chronicles. Have you ever heard of the Universe Coon? Carl in Dark Cruiser. I am definitely still arresting you for doing a murder. Find, find the killer, the
1: find, find the Coon, and, and clear, clear your, your name, name Dark, Dark Cruiser. Cruiser. That bullet exploded the chest of my best friend and your brother. Her name is Deborah Dwarfstar. Nice to meet you, Captain. My Name's Felicity
0: Phobos, but my friends call me Phil.
1: Phobos it is, then.
0: This symbol appears throughout galactic and pre-galactic history. It is the sigil for the mysterious Cabal. You
1: probably know them best as the Cult of the Cone. They call me the librarian. Where is the universe Cone? He knows too much. You know our covenant. He must die. Your covenant, Deborah. I left that behind a long time ago, or have you forgotten what you did? Wait a second, are you telling me that this guff about the cone is actually true? All of it. Yes. Olive, please, you know why I need it. That is irrelevant. I am the guardian of the cone, and I shall die before I reveal its location. (laughs) Come on, goddammit, stay with me! It's, It's... it's too late for me. We're not leaving you here, Ollie. You must take the cone.
0: I did not kill Dank Star Hole. Of course you didn't, my dear. Because I never died.
1: <laughs> you don't understand the forces at play here! You have no idea the true nature of the Cone! <laughs> Miss Phobos, you might have just saved this whole damn galaxy. What's this side of the Drukhom Spiral do you think you're doing? Someone's gonna go down with this ship. Figured it might as well be the captain. You're no hero, Carl Dark Cruiser. Don't die like one. I promised Olive I'd destroy that thing. And that's exactly what I'm gonna do. What do you say, Sparky? You ready for one last thrill ride?
0: TNT Audio Publishing presents The Carl Dark Cruiser Saga Chronicles by T.L. Dawnstar. Volume two, Rogue Canon. Book one, seven cycles later. Chapter one, who in the hells is Jake Vector? The bar had seen better days. else the whole damn planet had seen better days. It was the height of the summer season, but the sleepy seaside town of Reltic Township on the sleepy seaside planet of Garland Minor was practically empty. Its once famous beaches were deserted, and the maglift suspended seafront promenade stood empty and baking in the hot summer suns. Thirty cycles ago, the hollow bars, pod hotels, and vid arcades would have been packed with tourists from every corner of the galaxy. But decades of council underinvestment and corrupt backroom corporate dealing leading to the construction of an offshore bioadhesive processing plant had made the resort a windy echo of its former glory. From outside the porthole-style windows of the bar, the omnipresent, sickly chemical stench from the plant wafted into the small dingy watering hole. The acidic, burnt-rubber stench snaked its way across the bank of wiped-down, red, plastoform seats, over the scratched and tarnished plasteel countertops, and into the wide, hairy nostrils of Jake Vector. Vector gazed over at the empty drinks left by last night's customers. Two chipped novelty mugs stood with a thin layer of salt beer lingering unpleasantly at their base. It was a busy night. He made a mental note to pick those up later. It was important to have something to look forward to on extra slow days like this one. He lit up a synthsig and leaned back against the wall behind the bar. It was peppered with currency from dozens of worlds across the systems, pinned into the flaking paintwork. Council cubits sat alongside Zarkian slime kroners, Calaxian pebble credits, and the now defunct verbal hyperdong, poignant numismatic artifacts from Labar's long-dead days as an intergalactic hotspot, before those greedy bastards from Luano Development and Investment Opportunities, Inc. had built that stinking eyesore on the horizon. Vector walked over to a porthole and looked out at the hovering seafront promenade. He watched the phosphorescent waves gently coat the volcanic sand in a slick coating of waste chemicals, and smiled. As far as he was concerned, That hulking offshore plant was the best damn thing that ever happened to this town. For Vector, the mass exodus of tourists and foppish gap-year travelers on a mission across the galaxy to find themselves, only to discover that they were total twats all along, that followed the construction of the processing plant, had turned Reltic into an ideal little seafront hermitage. He liked the quiet, so the windy, near-abandoned streets of the faded resort suited him just fine and the handful of genetically modified Hectafluono worker clones that frequented his bar at shift change were hardwired not to ask questions and to keep their damn mouths shut. Perfect. He finished his Synthsig and flicked it out the window, watching the diminishing trail of purplish vapor spiral down towards the beach below. When he'd first washed up here seven cycles ago with a hole in his memory the size of a planet and a headache to match, he'd been shocked at the locals' casual attitude towards littering. Try that on a council-run planet and you'll be looking at a 17-cubit fine or two solar weeks of community service in the great mines of Handon Prime. But as long as the lucrative profits from the adhesive facility kept lining the pockets of those stuffed shirts on the board, the council didn't give a shit what happened on Garland Minor and it was allowed to maintain its political independence as a subsidiary planet. Over the sleepy swish and drag of the rolling waves, he heard the great foghorn that sounded the shift change. And the colony of mutated, three-eyed, four-arsed puffkins that perched on the top generator of the defensive seawall energy barrier flapped away in a terrified mess of feathers and bird shit. it looked like he might have some customers today after all. The clones had been shipped in to man the plant after some bean counter at Hectafloano Loano calculated that the company could save 0.5 cubits per cycle on PPE by switching to workers who didn't require any. The huge swathes of layoffs of the local garland miner colonists that followed was the final nail in the already crumbling coffin of Reltic. Vector figured a clone's money was as good as anybody's, And it wasn't like the poor bastards had been given a choice of career when they emerged blinking and slimy from the vats of Druckle 9. They were just a bunch of working stiffs who'd copped the shitty end of the corporate stick like everybody else, and he'd grown quite fond of them over the cycles. They were a good bunch of lads at heart, and they drank like a school of quirkish cyberfish. He still had some time to kill before the skiffs completed their journey to the mainland, so he flicked on the vid screen poised on a rusted plasteel bracket mounted in the back corner. He'd only stalled the damn thing half a cycle ago, but the toxic byproducts from the plant and corrosive salt water ate away at everything in this town. The rot was in her bones. The remote was busted too, so he had to whack the unit with the end of a rarely used mop. After a couple of hearty whacks, the screen flickered into life, and a pair of poor quality computer-generated newsbots materialized out of a snowstorm of pixels as the GM News vidstream stabilized. The only vidchans available on Garland Minor were the Hectef Luano-controlled GM News and the council-run GNN, both little more than mouthpieces for their respective owners. The official channels would occasionally be commandeered by net-savvy vidjackers who streamed pirated vidbovs, blared hardcore milkrock files or spouted wild conspiracy theories from roaming deep space freight haulers cannibalized into hollow vid stream hubs. Vector's favorite vidjack stream was Filfacts. In which a wild eyed, red haired woman, whose name he could never quite remember, waved her massive hands around as she sounded off about mystical ancient alien technology and sinister secret societies. She was clearly a total banana basket, but she was goddamn entertaining to watch. Looked like he wasn't going to hear the mad woman bang on about android assassins or whatever other load of Bruxel shit she'd probably read on some psycho net site today. The Digi's were shilling the usual corporate propaganda about how Hectev Luano was investing
1: in the health of Reltic Township
0: by introducing a program of
1: innovative sustenance solutions.
0: Corpy slang for cotton workers' food rations. Maybe he'd have to start thinking about moving on and finding some other backwater dive planet to set up shop on if the plan went ahead. But he figured the legendary incompetence of the corporation's CEO, Pigbin Elliptical, would squander any chance of the scream's success. He thudded the unit with the mop once more to deactivate it and decided to treat himself to that cleanup job. As Vector was making a meal out of picking up two mugs, the saloon-style doors swung open and the sticky tiled floor was flooded with a pale green light from outside. It was too early for the evening rush and he hadn't seen anyone but clones in the bar for months. And the tall, slender figure standing in the doorway was no clone. As the stranger walked over with a confident gait towards him, Vector positioned himself behind the bar and fingered the SK-48 plasma shotgun he kept hidden there just in case it ever kicked off. So far, he hadn't had to fire so much as a single plaz shell. Well, with the exception of a couple of warning shots to frighten off a gang of local street rats who semi-regularly attempted to graffiti his shutters with, admittedly, incredibly impressively rendered spunking cocks and balls. The tall man leaned against the sticky surface of the bar. Something I can help you with, partner, Vector said. The man looked out from under the wide brim of his Gellerro hat and smiled a smile that reached nowhere near his small dark eyes. Vector didn't like the look of those eyes. They looked like they'd seen too many things a man of the cloth had no right seeing. The cardinal didn't reply. Instead, he reached into the pockets of his multicolored robe and slammed a large fistful of cubits on the counter. Vector glanced down at the pile of credits, then back up to the man's face. He was skeleton-thin, with leathery, weather-beaten skin stretched taut over diamond-cutter cheekbones. A small, too-neat mustache sat atop a pair of lips that were little more than a simple line-drawing of a mouth. He also had massive comedy ears. You ought to be careful flashing that council crap around here, padre," Vector said through gritted teeth. It had been a long time since he'd felt the ping of combat readiness vibrate in the back of his skull and also in his balls, but the sensation was going off in him like mad. Whoever he had been in his pre-amnesia life, he guessed that that man had probably seen and done some serious shit. Judging by the smooth, youthful nature of his face, Jake figured he wasn't old enough to have fought in the Great Fruit Wars, but he could have easily been involved in the much less remembered dairy-based follow-up conflict The Cream Campaign. Whatever had occurred in that unreachable past, the near-instinctual knowledge of tactical action roles, firing position aesthetics, and kicking that took over him at the gentlest hint of danger told him that his past self must have gone through some pretty intense training. The Cardinal once again reached into his robe and produced a second pile of cubits and robotically placed them on top of the first. Wegner looked down at the increased pile, which he estimated to be around 50 cubits, a small fortune. Whoever this nut job was, he had some seriously deep pockets. The Cardinal lifted his head and gave the bartender a knowing look. Jake felt like a trilopede under a holoscope and his patience was disappearing faster than Garland minus sea life. This guy was really starting to piss him off and his hand moved a millimetre closer to the trigger of the concealed shotgun. The cardinal laughed a broken glass laugh and threw down a third, even larger pile of money. Are you looking to buy a drink or the whole god's damn bar? Would this be enough? Not for sale, pal. This stump or you? Both. You got the license for that blaster behind the bar? Sure. Wanna see it? He let the implication of his words hang in the air, like the noxious gases bumping out of the nearby processing plant, and stared deep into the man's small, almost black eyes. Oh, yes, the Cardinal said, you'll do very nicely. Jake mentally prepared himself for combat. He released the restraining maglock that held the shotgun in place and let the weapon drop into his waiting hands and hardened his gaze. Stories. Stories like this. Those damn
1: space pirates painted my dog bread. They drink space grog on the street. They asked for a charger. They never really get that charger back. They get into fights. Space pirates are up and down this road f*** day and night like they own the f- place. They swashbuckle, they buccaneer, they plunder. All I hear. It's what they call music blasting from
0: their pirate waiting know, station. Know, it's time to put a pin in the piracy. And all it takes is a little pep. PEP, pep, pep? What the, fuck is pep? p-ep the Pirate Eradication Programme. The cleansing wet wipe of justice across the mucky face of the galaxy. PEP agents in your sector are waiting to take your transmission. Our team of expert pirate hunters will catch and humanely destroy any pirates, smugglers, roguishly handsome mercenaries with a heart of gold, or unlicensed audio net broadcasters within a five light year radius. One call to PEP, and StarCorp plasma bombed my whole colony. (coughs) That showed them (coughs) space pirates. The Pirate's Eradication Programme. Witty slogan here. Is this definitely the final script? Paid for by the Subcommittee to re-elect Chairman Helen Masenko. Ugh! Slime protein discs again, Dad! Mum always used to give me her star sausage! Don't you
1: dare say that word in this house! Your mother's gone! And you best get used to it if you're gonna grow up to be an award-winning interpretive dance critic like your old man! Now eat your slime. No, I don't want to be an interpretive dance critic, Dad. I want authentic Earth Stars. Don't you dare, lad! I want authentic Earth Stars sausage. It's somebody say authentic Earth Stars sausage. Uncle Dennis. Oh for sake. that's right. It's your Uncle Dennis from Uncle Dennis and Auntie Val's Authentic Earth Sausage Palace and Sun Appear Emporium. Here to make your family dinner a breeze with our new range of reheat-at-home freeze-dried sustenance packs featuring all your food-style favourites. The mighty St. The gunnon Sausage, the spicy Ructian Flame Bagger, and the new Petey Merrill Wrapper. Wow! Sounds delicious, Uncle D! It's safe? Of course it's safe. But do will take it from me, he's the former head of the Galactic Safety Council, James Tazier. So I'd
0: have up that slime protein, it's a slip hazard.
1: let family have goodness a breeze, with our new range of reheater home. You were my
0: wife, Dennis!
1: you oh, this again, Keith. Not now. Me own brother. val's made a decision. It's for the best. Is... is she happy then? Well, it's uh, it's hard to say since the incident with the cobbling machine, but but yeah, she's happy, lad.
0: Dad, can Uncle Dennis stay for dinner? Aye, aye, lad. I think that has been nice. Oh,
1: will you please, Uncle Dennis? Aye, as long as we're having my sausage. The anti seems keen on it anyway. I'll fucking kill you, you bastard! Speak for your colony's ration bot about our home range this election season. Anyway. I'll call Dennis an Anti-Valson, Frinter <laughs> Day-style, Palace, and Srivary <laughs> bonium. There's no dogs in it!
0: Don't mind my companion came a well-spoken voice from the suddenly open-again saloon doors. He does tend to get a bit overexcited when I give him his pocket money. Jake broke off his gaze and glanced towards the figure silhouetted in the doorway. Even with the man's body bathed in shadow, he looked and smelled military. He stood with a back straighter than the vertical takeoff trajectory of a Hyperion jump copter and wore the distinctive lime green and pumpkin orange jumpsuit of a Star Corps administrator. To be walking around on Garland Minor in that getup, he'd have to be extremely brave or incredibly stupid." He returned the gun to its maglocked hiding spot. As much as he'd love to blast the smug look off the smug face of the Star Corps officer, there was little chance that the high-ranking official of the Council's spacefaring navy was here alone, and he didn't fancy his chances against a fully armored troop of Star Marines. A Star Corps officer and a Cardinal walk into a bar. Sounds like a bad joke. I can assure you that what I am here to discuss with you is no laughing matter, the officer said as he walked over to the bar. He glanced at the row of plastoform bar stools along the counter with a disgusted look on his soft, round face and produced a small folding hollow stool from his wrist-bound communicator. He wiped the lens with an antibacterial wipe, activated the hard light generation module and sat down on the projected seat. Neat trick. "'You do balloon animals, too?' <laughs> "'What a, uh, charmingly rustic little establishment you have here, Mr...' He glanced down at the data pad in his hand. "'Vector. "'Well, he can read as well. "'I can see why you would be surprised. It must be a rarity among your usual clientele,' retorted the smarmy administrator "'as he held up a delicate silk pocket square to his mouth and nose. "'It was real silk.' to Livian by the look of it. He knew what StarCorp paid their administrators, and there was no way that salary allowed for a quality accessory like that. That, combined with his little comment about pocket money earlier, made it a damn safe bet that he was on the take. This pompous twat clearly wasn't adapted to Reltic's trademark stench, meaning that he was fresh of whatever ship he rode in on. All right, fellers, enough banter, Jake said frustratedly. How about you either buy a drink, or tell me what the hells you want from me." The administrator removed the handkerchief from his face just long enough to speak. I have been informed that you are a man who can be relied upon to get a job done right. Mm, if you're talking about mixing up a mean Nurgle sunrise, then you were right, Captain. The administrator, actually. The smug officer's terrible poker face let him down and he visibly gagged at Vector's deliberate misranking. For the first time since he'd opened up the bar's shutters on that gray morning, Vector let out a hearty <laughs> laugh. The Cardinal joined him before he was silenced by an ice cold glare from his apparent boss.
1: <laughs>
0: the administrator cleared his throat and straightened up his shoulders in an attempt to regain what little dignity had as he tapped his wrist-bound communicator and projector. A rotating 3D image of a human man's face beamed out of the device. The StarCore man's eyes darted between the man in the image and the man behind the bar. Something deep within the lower levels of Jake's psyche shut up its hand like an overachieving student at the academy and demanded attention. As the projection continued to spin, an uneasy feeling began to form in Jake's guts, and something approaching acidic hatred bubbled and churned in a concoction that was not yet fully formed, but had the potential to become explosive. He turned to the administrator, masking his reaction. Am I supposed to know who the hells that is? "'You know what, friend?' the cardinal said, suddenly with a slam of his rough hand down on the smooth bar. "'I will have a drink!' "'See, commander? This guy gets how a bar works. "'Well, you have, stranger.' "'Give me a glass of sparkling Kalkishmaswain,' the behatted man said. "'This look like Ritzo Prime to you, buddy. I got salt, beer, or seawater. Your choice.' The cardinal grumbled and motioned to the pump handle labeled Salty Pete's Premium Lager and de Vector performed an elaborate juggling act with a single filthy glass and began pumping the fizzy grey liquid into the smudged receptacle. The administrator looked like he was going to throw up when the glass was plunked down in front of the cardinal. He physically leaned back to avoid a lukewarm tendril that snaked its way over the edge of the countertop and down onto the sticky floor. If you're quite finished making a mess, my associate and I have a rather exciting proposal for you. (laughs) Okay, I'll bite. The officer motioned to the still-spinning projection. This man is Carl Darkcruiser. He is one of the galaxy's most infamous, and despite himself, successful space pirates. A space pirate? <laughs> Thought your chairman wiped them all out. My intelligence suggests this man somehow survived the PEP. Wegner took another look at the hollow image. He scratched his purple soul patch as he racked his memory. He supposed the guy looked vaguely familiar like he might have seen some footage of him on the VidNews or maybe a hollow pick on the net, but he couldn't quite place him, and he'd certainly never heard of a Karl Dark Cruiser. He would have remembered a ridiculous name like that. But the longer he looked, the more that deep, burning sensation began to take over his brain. Uh-huh, Vector muttered, attempting to play it cool. And what's any of this got to do with me? He disappeared seven cycles ago, after an unexplained incident in the Vellum cluster. Right around the same time, you washed up in this beautiful little resort. What exactly are you implying here, mister? The administrator fawned at the holographic fringe of his left epaulette and polished the brass medallion that hung around his loose-skinned neck. Do you know how I got to be administrator of my own star vessel, Mr. Vector? He asked. Your daddy just so happens to be the coordinator of Star Corps? How dare you? Honestly, what rot? Father was merely Executive Secretary of Defense, that was Uncle Wildebeen who was the Star Corps man." Jake scoffed and shot a side-eye at the Cardinal, looking to reignite the fleeting bond they'd formed over scoffing at the officer's pomposity, but the high-level priest was leaning forward with his hawk-like nose almost pressing up against the glass containing the completely untouched salt beer. The administrator rolled his dull gray eyes and continued, "'To answer my own question, I earned my command by not being taken for a fool by the likes of you. Do you think me an idiot, young man? An idiot. And you really don't want me to answer that. I've had quite enough of this nonsense. I've got a file on you this thick, sonny boy, and if you don't drop that ridiculous axe and turn off that holomac and come with me this instant, I shall have my cruiser decimate this disgusting hole from orbit. Jake's hand made a microscopic movement towards the concealed shotgun just as the doors opened up again and a group of squat, eyebrowless, green-tinged men shuffled into the establishment. The administrator turned and dry heaved as the smell of the chemical-soaked workers hit his delicate inner spiral nostrils like a big wave. Evening, fellers, Jake said cheerily as he waved to the incoming customers. The usual, all around. <coughs> the clones nodded in unison and broke off to their usual spots. You want a neutron bomb this place to hails? go right ahead. But I reckon you have some pretty tricky questions from Hectef Luano HQ about why StarCore ordered the murder of five of its finest worker clones. <laughs> That's a laugh! You really think that Pigman Elliptical gives half a damn about these glorified shovel bots? You want to tell them that?" Jake said with a smile, and motioned to the clones who sat down on the stools flanking the Cardinal, who was still staring intensely at the glass, and the suddenly overwhelmed Administrator. The clones looked at the pair of strangers with as much anger and threat as they could muster, which wasn't very much thanks to the emotional suppression chips and obedience neural implants they'd been bred with. Tony? Terry? Don't worry. These guys were just leaving. The administrator readjusted his medallion and brushed down the front of his jumpsuit. He turned to the cardinal, who pulled back his skeletal head and looked at his employer with his small, near-black eyes, and nodded. Thanks for the drink. This should cover it. He pulled yet another handful of cubits and dropped them onto the surface next to the untouched beverage. With a swish of his multicolored robes, he was gone, and the administrator followed suit, shoving his way through the small crowd of clones. This is not over, Dark Cruiser. We shall be back, he said with a pointed finger. With every mention of that cursed name, Jake's little bubble of anger and disgust expanded, and he began to feel an overwhelming sense that he'd be hearing a lot more of it before what started here today was over. Vector fought to put the feeling out of his mind and looked down at the 250 cubits laying casually on the bar. Hey, with tips like this, you're welcome anytime, amigo. He scooped the hoard into the Tony Doubleday lunchbox that served as the bar's safe and sealed it tight. He looked over the packed bar. On any other day he'd be laughing, if not with and at least next to, the workers who he'd grown so fond of over the cycles, but today, something had changed. Something inside him had awakened from a long slumber, and it had woken up on the wrong side of the bed. He went through the motions of a busy shift, knowing it would be his last, knowing what he needed to do. He was going to find and kill Carl Cruiser. Did you complete the scanning procedure? Affirmative. Then what are you waiting for? Run it through the database. The Cardinal removed his wide-brimmed hat, revealing a network of flashing wires and pulsing fiber optic connectors, snaking their way across his disproportionately bulbous upper cranium. He placed his bony finger around his left eye socket. With a practiced click, he removed the optical implant and walked over to the pristine NetHub terminal on the gleaming white science deck of the StarCore flagship. Gleaming hoverbots in adorable little lab coats floated around the space as machines beeped, whirred, and clicked. The Cardinal placed the cyber-eye into the data tube and the screen beside it displayed a hyper-res image of a dirty smeared glass. Enhance. The image zoomed in and he lifted his silk pocket square to his mouth and fought the urge to throw up in his mouth as every smear of grease and unidentified substance floating in the revolting liquid came into crystal clear clarity. The holopic continued to increase in size, and the faint outline of a perfectly captured fingerprint on the lower portion of the filthy glass came into view. Oh
1: oh, oh, God, get it sampled quickly!
0: (coughs) One of the droid bots plugged into the terminal, and the computer began scanning the image, assessing and calculating over 7,000 unique points of identification.
1: Sampling complete,
0: chirped the little robot. Very good. Now check it against sample KRD 0013. Possible? That it again! Comparing! Comparing! compare, Complete! Conclusion! Negative match! Repeat! Negative match! A look of disbelief swept across the Administrator's face. He'd been so sure. Check sample against all StarCore Council and available civilian databases. Assessing! 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 Conclusion! Negative results! Sample does not match any entry of available databases! So... It is not him. No, apparently not. Which rather begs the question Who in the hells is Jake Vector? The Carl Dark Cruiser Saga Chronicles is a production of Dawnstar Audio, written in red by T.L. Dawnstar. The voice of Jake Vector, the administrator and the Cardinal was T.L. Dawnstar. Next chapter, Space Pirate Broadcasting.